Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. This is Terry Wickstrom. And, you know, it's looking like a beautiful day out there. And this time of the year, it really gets difficult for me. There is just so much going on in Colorado. Uh, We're going to talk a lot of fishing today because that's really where I'm at right now. But the uh, hunting seasons are on. You know, we've got, we had teal season. We've got upland game coming up. We've had, uh, we've got the archery seasons and the muzzleloader seasons were going on. The pronghorn seasons. We just have so much. And uh, Ed Gorman's going to join us later in the show to talk to you about a new program or in addition to an existing program. Uh, walk-in access for big game. We're going to cover that today. I'm excited about that. And, of course, Ed is the manager of Small Game in Colorado. He's going to give us an early preview on what his thoughts are for the upcoming pheasant season. I think he thinks it's pretty good, but you're going to have to stay tuned to hear that. We're also going to take you to a bunch of different spots today. We're going to take you all the way from Blue Mesa uh, up to Dillon, and of course, Nate Zelinski will take his places. Ronnie's coming on. Bernie Keefe will join us. We'll talk about Granby. But let's go to the phones right now. And uh, we have a new contributor that's joining us for the first time on the show, and that's Andy Cochran from uh, Gunnison Sports Outfitters up in the Blue Mesa area. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Terry. How are we today? <clears throat> Doing great. How's the weather up there today? Well, we're. Mid-30s this morning, not a cloud in the sky, no wind, beautiful day. And that'll warm up fairly quickly and get really comfortable, won't it? Yeah, we'll probably be pushing 70 degrees today. We get to see some wild temperature swings in our country over here, as you know. I know. As I fish some of the mountain lakes in the fall, and I love to fish them in the fall, um, I always tell people if they're coming with me, you know, people think, well, it's going to be 75 down on the front range, and it's supposed to be 65 or 70 up in the mountains, and and I'll go, you know, we're getting out early. Bring some clothes because it'll be a little chilly on the water. But bring layers because you'll be taking them off. But it's just gorgeous and beautiful. I imagine you've got leaves turning color up there. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Our seasons seem to be a couple weeks behind this year. We're just starting to see the first yellow leaves of any kind of numbers. And it looks pretty this morning, though. It's definitely fall. You know, you brought up a point. What a difference a year makes. Last year, you guys had no water up in that Gunnison Blue Mesa area. It was tragic, you know, and people were really concerned. We had just an outstanding winter. And then throughout the whole state, or actually all of the North, uh, the Rockies and northern uh, United States, uh, spring or, or late winter just didn't want to go away. We didn't really get any warm weather till well into the end of June, which probably saved us for some from some flooding because it made the runoff come down slower. But uh, lots of water, the runoff coming so late. And then it got super hot. And now we're looking at a fall that seems to be delayed a little bit because the water, when it did warm up, it shot up over those two months. So let's kind of look at the conditions. Let's talk about Blue Mesa first. What's going on in Blue Mesa? I assume you got good water levels. What kind of water temperature? Yeah, like you say, Terry, it's uh, historically low water levels. Last year, we we were 83 feet low. Um, and thankfully, that big winter and big wet spring, none of us saw it coming, but the lake filled to 
99.8% of capacity this summer, which is unheard of volume of water. So as you can imagine, it it made the fishing a little tough this summer with the lake filling at over two feet a day rate for like six weeks in a row, but we're glad to have our water. So in the long right run now, go ahead. Right now, I, in 14 years of guiding on this lake, I've never seen the lake this full this time of year. It has got a ton of water in it, and it looks fantastic. Well, you know, you you mentioned that it makes fishing tough because it does a couple things. First, it it changes the temperatures of the water at different times, which we really experienced this year. And it also, uh, places that you fished before, you can't fish memories because the spots are different. And with that much volume, the fish even get spread out and there's more water to cover. So fishermen do struggle. Now, long term, it's going to bode so well for that fishery because now you've got, you were down, you got some growth, you're going to get nutrients into the water, but it does affect the fishing. And I know it's been off and on and different this summer. What's going on fishing-wise in Blue Mesa right now? So right now, our, the main thing in the whole Gunnison Basin right now is the kokanee salmon. Of course, this is one of the biggest salmon runs in the whole western U.S., so it's a big draw here. Most of our fish have left the lake and are running up towards the Roaring Judy Hatchery, towards Crested Butte from Gunnison. So fly fishing on the river right now is kind of the big draw, but as far as the lake goes... We're, there's still a pretty good-sized resident fish population that spawns out in the lake, and we're still finding good numbers of those fish holding out in deep water where we can jig for them right now. So that is still going on really, really strong. Yeah, this time of the I By the way, if people want to go to my YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom, which is my legacy television shows, I actually did a, a fly fishing show on the river up there uh fly fishing for those kokanee and i i think it's just phenomenal and if you do it right while well, you're fishing for them it's mostly catch and release in a lot of those areas and that's fine but you'll catch some nice browns and rainbows while you're doing it too won't you you're exactly right yeah the trout have definitely learned how to follow the salmon run just as well as we have there's it's pretty funny to watch the rainbow and brown trout in the river right now just gorging on eggs as these salmon run up the river and spill eggs out as they run there. The the egg pattern on the river right now is the, the thing to run, and it can be 100 fish trout days right in the middle of all these hard, big fighting salmon, too. It's it's a really good time of year to be on the Gunnison River. Oh, I love it up there. It's one of my favorite times to fish up there. Kind of a side note, I assume that the uh, Parks and Wildlife is taking spawn from the salmon. Are they giving away fish up there? Yeah, they usually start that program the first Friday in October up at the Roaring Judy Hatchery. So they'll be starting that, um, I guess, this next coming week. Yeah, even if you don't fish, this is a great time to come up, see the colors. It's beautiful, and you can leave with a cooler full of kokanee that you don't that they'll give you, or come up and fish for them and release the ones you catch in the river and then go get a few to take home with you. It's a great time. Let's talk about some of the other fish up in the lake, though, right now. You know, it, it's it's also known for lake trout. It's known for brown trout. It does have a decent rainbow population. We'll talk about those. But there's a newcomer over the last decade that was illegally introduced, and that's the yellow perch. What's going on with them? Yeah, yellow perch got put in this lake back in the late 90s. It took a really long time for them to catch hold, but they finally did. Um, 
great sport fish for sure and definitely great table fare there's no no limit on them here and and it really is our belief that the next state record that comes out of this lake is going to be a yellow perch so we're starting to catch some really big ones and really big numbers of big ones but and yellow historically historically late fall like this is one late summer early fall is probably the probably the peak season to come up here and try to get these really jumbo perch. Well, and they're a great table fare, as you said. They taste just, you know, they're part of the walleye family. Hopefully, you know, they were introduced illegally, which does cause management issues, and hopefully that won't affect the other management of the lake. But um, those perch, what kind of depths are you finding the perch at this time of the year? Well, you can find the smaller ones in big, big numbers, very shallow, like five ten foot but if you're wanting to target these little bit bigger fish you're going to want to pull out about 20 to 30 feet right now and you could be at the mouth of any kind of bay or any offshore hump it's going to hold these bigger fish in the fall yeah i love to pull up and i've got spot lock on my trolling motor and those when you find those schools of bigger fish they'll just kind of work back and forth through and you can jig for them is that how you guys fish for them yeah they're a little bit more nomadic too where they seem to roam, like you say, a little bit more. So you're kind of got to cover a lot of water until you run into the right kind of bites and then try to replicate that around the lake. And just we like to hit a lot of spots, fish a spot for 30 minutes, hit another one, and kind of just catch the timing as these big, bigger fish schools run across these spots. It's not something where you're just going to sit there and load the boat. But if you can kind of get the pattern dialed in, you can run these spots and kind of maximize your time on the water. Now with the we water, had one one angler this spring caught a sixteen and seven eighths inch perch. So wow, I'd say we're we're starting to see some really big ones out here. That is fantastic. Now what's going on with the Browns and Rainbows? I used to love to come up to Blue Mesa and fish the Browns in the fall when the water got colder and it was almost like bass fishing. You'd cast jigs right up against the shore, just like you would plastic worms for bass and sometimes crankbaits too. Is what's is any of that going on? Is the water still too warm? Is that bite not the same as it was? Yeah, it's it's a little delayed. Um, water temps right now are still in the mid sixties, so we need this thing to cool off quite a bit. It'll probably be closer to the second rifle season into Halloween before we start seeing that bite really pick up. So, you know, if a guy wants to target trout right now on blue mesa it's pretty tough um we have a pretty significant algae bloom going on which is normal for the lake for the time of year but like say with the the new water level and all the nutrients that ran into the lake this year it seems like the algae is worse than normal it's not blue green toxic algae there's nothing scary about it it's just in the water column about the top 15 feet so it makes normally we would troll for those fish this time of year, but it's it's making it really tough. It's hard to get downriggers and lines down without algae buildup and then pulling lines off. And so right now the trout fishing is a little tough, but we look for it to be like say around the twentieth of October all the way through Halloween. That's going to be probably our peak trout season right now. Now the water being that warm, I assume the lake trout are pretty deep too. Are they showing up at all, or is it? Just too early to target them, really. Um, we have we've been catching a few small lake trout when we're out jigging for salmon in that eighty hundred foot range, 
haven't really noticed any big fish on the sonar when we've been out doing that kind of stuff. So historically, those real big fish are going to be 150 feet plus for most of their day. They'll come up relatively shallow and feed when they need to, but pulling fish out of that kind of water depth, as much as we like to protect these big lake trout, we basically just leave them alone until this thing cools off and it brings them up to a more manageable depth to catch them at. Yeah, and it's difficult. Most fishermen have a difficult time fishing 100, 150 feet deep, too. It's not easy. I mean, boat control becomes a real issue. The amount of weights you use, what you're doing, it, it can be it can be difficult. Now, I haven't fished the lake trout at Blue Mesa very much. I do a lot at Granby. Now, Granby in the fall gets a great spawn bite that um, you don't see necessarily. Blue Mesa doesn't seem to experience that fall spawn bite, so as you kind of start catching the fish, maybe post-spawn? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, the way the the BOR manages our water levels in the fall makes it a little hard for these fish to successfully spawn most of the time. Um, They're trying to push shallow, but typically by the time November comes around when these fish are looking to spawn, they're starting to pull a lot of water out of this lake. So it makes a lot of those lake trout spawn deeper than you would see them in a lot of other lakes. So it is a little bit tougher. So we can go around the shoreline and throw big jerk baits and big jigs and try to get a reaction bite out of some of these spawning fish that are shallow enough to do that for. But probably your your best bet is the post-spawn bite, which is mid to late November and then all the way through through until you can't get a boat on there or walk to shore anymore when it ices over. Right. I have a question for you because I've, I've, I've been thinking about this. Now, uh, the... Lake trout and blue mace have, have tended to grow large because of the substantial kokanee population, and they're able to uh, use the predate on that population. The kokanee have fluctuated up and down, but they're still really good. But the perch, now, when the, during the summer, the perch are going to be in too warm a water for the lake trout, I would think. But when you get into late fall, winter, and early spring, are those lake trout taking advantage of those perch? Yeah, so there's there's kind of a big prevailing theory around the whole management of this lake, and, and it's interesting you bring up that point. Our, our perch population in this lake tends to winter in 60 to 80 feet of water, and so that puts them right, right in the face of all our lake trout all winter long. So the lake trout historically have done a really, really good job of keeping our perch population in check all the way through the winter. Um, when we started to see salmon numbers decline a decade or so ago, the state started doing their lake trout removal, and they were targeting our smaller lake trout, 16 to 24 inches was their target number, pulling those extra small lake trout out of the lake to try to protect the kokanee fry when they enter the lake in the spring. And I guess one side effect that they didn't see coming was by removing that certain predator base also allowed for the perch population to really, really ramp up. And that's why we've seen that perch population over the last six, eight years really skyrocket because we've taken away that main predator for the perch, which is the lake trout. Andy, we are way out of time, but if people want more information from you or book a guide trip or get a hold of you, how do they do that? 
Uh, you can look me up on my website. It's gsofishing.com. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram, or you can feel free to give me a call as well. And GSO stands for Gunnison Sports Outfitters. Gunnison Sports Outfitters, correct. All right, my friend, thank you so much. We'll get you back on as the season progresses, and thank you for all that information. You bet. Everybody enjoy your weekend. All right. Thank you, Andy. That's uh, that's uh, Andy Cochran from Blue Mesa. I tell you what, we've we ran over a little bit, but we're going to give plenty of time to this next segment because I got a feeling the fishing is going to be phenomenal, what you're going to hear about in this next next segment right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Dire Straits. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones because I want to spend a lot of time on this topic. I think it's going to be great. Uh, joining us from Parks and Wildlife is Tappan Brown, and from Arc Anglers is Greg Felt. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Morning, Terry. I'll tell, I'll tell you what, what a difference a year makes, huh? It can't get much weirder, you know. If you, if you take the total water that went down the Arkansas River last year and the total water this year, and combine them and divide by two, you get an average year. But they couldn't have been more different from one another. That's I, I couldn't agree more. And Greg, we're going to get to you and talk about the fishing in a minute. But Tappan, we want to talk about the Arkansas Headwaters Recreation Area too. It's kind of a unique park. There's a couple parks in Colorado that are set up this way, but stretches along the river. Why don't you tell people where it's located and kind of describe the park? Sure. Um, so Arkansas Headwaters. Um, our visitor center is based out of Salida. You're welcome to stop in here, check out our visitor center, get maps and brochures. Um, but we spread out about 150 miles along the Arkansas River from Leadville to Lake Pueblo. And we have a number of campgrounds, fishing access, river access areas along the river. Um, and a good chunk of that 150 miles is gold nettle waters, as Greg will, can talk about some of the great fishing opportunities. Um, but the fall is a great time to come visit in this area. Uh, we're having wonderful weather, 70-degree days, and all our campgrounds are still open. Beautiful fall colors right now. Um, great opportunities for wildlife watching, um, hiking opportunities in the Browns Canyon National Monument and surrounding areas. Mountain biking is extremely popular at this time of year. It's not as hot. Uh, a number of off-highway vehicle access places with the Forest Service, BLM nearby, um, rock climbing, also gold panning is pretty popular. So if you would like to take your try at some gold panning, you can welcome to come here. Um, but, yeah, all our campgrounds are open. They're going to be open throughout the fall. Now, your campgrounds are spread up and down the river. Is that right? That's correct. So um, some are north all the way up close to Leadville and down to almost Canyon City. Now, are, are those campgrounds on the reservation system, or are they different? So we have seven campgrounds that are on the live reservation system, and you would need to call or go online to reserve a spot there. Uh, we also have a number of free dispersed camping sites that are along the river. And again, you stop by our visitor center and find some of our maps. There's some great free dispersed camping opportunities as well. I, I would think with big game seasons about to kick off, well, archery season's already in full swing, but if somebody drew some of those uh, management units down there, that the park would be a great place to uh, make your camp at, wouldn't 
Yeah, I agree. And big game season around here is very popular. We have some great units. So if you're lucky enough to have a, a deer elk tag down here, um, yeah, check out our one of our campgrounds, set up base camp. Um, you know, beautiful campgrounds along the river, hard to beat. Now, Greg, I, I've got a suspicion that the fishing is going to be extremely good this fall in the Arkansas. You know, last year we had warm water and low flows, and we were actually cautioning people around the state about fishing uh, certain times of the year. This year we had flows that ran, well, they ran, I don't know if they ever stopped, tell you the truth, uh, the flows, but they've slowed down now. We did get some really warm weather, but I think we had good enough flows that those fish should be really healthy. Now, we had a really late spring, which really changed the fishing. If people were fishing memories this year, they were in trouble because we didn't get any warm weather till almost uh, almost the end of June. And then we got really warm weather, and now it falls kind of easing its way in a little late. Is that what you're seeing down there? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like we're a, right now, it, it feels like how it normally feels about a month ago. Uh, it feels like the beginning of September. We're having, as uh, Tappan mentioned, we're having highs most days in the 70s or even 80s. And then our overnight lows have been in the 40s and 50s. We haven't even had a frost in Salida yet. And the trees are really just starting to uh, to change color now. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Now, uh, last in the, historically in the past, when we've had the low flows like last year and other years, even though it's maybe stressed the fish, those brown trout have seemed to put on little growth spurts because they, the waters seem to be just a little more fertile for them. And I don't know where we're at this year. What are the fish looking like? Are they healthy? Are you seeing bigger fish? What's the state of the the brown trout fishery especially? They're, they're doing really well. Um, we did have to contend with some really high water there in June and July. But once the flow started to drop and that snowpack started to really recede, uh, the river came down pretty quickly to where around the middle of August it actually began to drop below uh, average flows for that time of year. If you recall from past conversations, you know, the, the biggest um, – kind of determinant at this point in terms of a brown trout's ability to put on weight and to make good use of habitat and food is current velocity. we got a pretty steep river here. It drops 30 feet per mile on average. So when you, uh, when you lower the flows on the Arkansas, more than decreasing the depth, what you do is you decrease the current velocity. It slows the river down, allows those fish to feed much more efficiently, and really put on weight. So they've had about six weeks now of optimal conditions, meaning between 250 and 400 CFS. And, um, you know, the, the upper end of the brown trout optimal temperature range is actually about 67 degrees uh, water temperature. And so we really haven't had issues with um, dissolved oxygen problems and, and fish being overly stressed uh, in the latter part of the summer. Now, as we're getting into the fall and the fishing is going to change and and all those things are going on. Are you pretty much done with float trips? You still float fishing, or is it mostly walk wade right now? We are definitely floating. Uh, we always float through the month of October, some years into November. Uh, I've got every guide out today. I had just about every guide out yesterday and the last two weekends prior to that as well. So we, we are cranking. The water level is low. Uh, it's about right at about 300 cubic feet per second at Wellsville. So... If you know the river um, and you're good on the oars, you can still get your boat through fine, but it's it's excellent conditions for wade fishing. You can pretty much get to anywhere you want to be. 
Now, in a little bit, I'm going to have you tell people how they get a hold of you and and how they book trips with you. But for right now, if I'm a weekend angler and I just want to come down and maybe walk weighted or maybe I've got a boat, but what would I? How would I approach the river and what type of presentations seem to be working right now? Well, we're we're definitely getting into the fall uh, kind of daily routine, which is. Um, really excellent midge activity in the mornings. You, you won't see a lot of fish rising to adult midges, but we do excellent on uh, midge pupa, usually till about 1030 or so. And that's uh, kind of fishing in the Riffley water and along, along the seam lines. As uh, the sun gets higher in the sky, you're going to see fish move off the edges and drop down a step or two uh, off that shoreline. They'll be um, kind of sitting tight and they're probably best approached with a, a tractor nymph rig until about one o'clock. And then our blueing olive mayflies start getting active. If it's a bright sunny day, we'll have a good nymphal drift. If it's if it's cloudy, we'll get a good hatch. But that moves a lot of fish into the fast riffly water, um, where because there's so much food in the water column. And then late in the day, uh, probably after four, you're going to see them moving back out as the light gets lower. Get back out on the edges. Still still doing well with big attractor drives and streamers along the shoreline um, late in the day. Well, one of the things I like to fish in the fall, getting early, late summer into early fall, a couple of things I like to do. One is a hopper dropper and the other is a streamer. And that's because of my eyesight and my casting ability. I can plop them down. I don't have to have a delicate presentation. And I can see them on the water. Are either one of those still effective or are they not in, in really what's going on there? No, those are both great approaches. Um, the streamers really anytime, but particularly early and late when the fish are, are out on those edges, um, and that's uh, especially throwing them from a boat into the shoreline. On the uh, on the dry dropper, we're doing a lot of that, particularly in the afternoon, where you've got a, a big attractor dry you can see, and then we're usually dropping down to a little weighted nymph, and then an unweighted emerger behind that, and fishing that through that those fast ripply runs where um, a lot of these fish are positioning for the blueing olive nymphal drift. I think a lot of people quit fishing terrestrials like hoppers too soon because even if they're not prevalent, the fish really remember what they look like. A brown trout wants meat, and we don't have a big bait fish population on this river, so our larger terrestrials and stoneflies are going to be the closest thing they have. So we typically do well on those big attractors, whether they're hoppers or the big stonefly-type drives, um, Right up through right up through October, um, and that's certainly even more so the case this year with the the warm weather we've had. The, the bushes are still full of of all kinds of terrestrials that are active. We are over our time, uh, Greg. Tell people how they can get a hold of you if they want to book a trip, or just you guys are always great with just giving information or about picking up a few flies. You bet. So we've got fly shops in Buena Vista and Salida. Our phone number is seven one nine five three nine four two two three. We have a website, arcanglers.com, that's ARC with a K, and that is updated pretty much daily with the latest information. People should understand that we consider information to be our number one product, and if we do well with that, everything else works out. So don't feel shy about just coming in and asking some questions and looking at the map. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Great information, as always. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, you, Terry. You bet. That's Tappan and Greg from down at the Arkansas Headwaters. Just great information. We're going to take a time out, and we're waiting for a phone call to be joined by um, Ed Gorman and uh, talk about the walk-in access and upland game on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.
You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We were waiting for a call from Ed Gorman, but something came up, so we kind of switched the programming around. And really, the real reason is we couldn't wait to get to Bernie Keith anyway. So we're joined by Bernie. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Terry. I love to be a fill-in. You're not a fill-in. You were scheduled already. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, Ed's a great guy, but I think things come up in the field sometime. We wanted to talk to you anyway. You were going to come on next hour, so I thought, well, let's just get Bernie to come on. We've been talking fishing, and what a better time to talk to Bernie. And uh, you know that that fall bite up a Gramby has always been traditionally one of my favorite times to come up. If I'm going to take my kids up there or take somebody up there, because it's a numbers time. Uh, it's a different year this year, though, Bernie. Usually the 1st of October, it's kicking in, and uh, we don't know for sure what's going on. So kind of fill me in what's happening up there. Well, it's kind of started. They're just not shallow. We went out this week. We had good numbers of fish in the boat, but we were still fishing all 55 to 70 feet deep for them. So you just got to go with a little bit heavier, heavier jigs and um, – just go do it. But the bite was still real, real good. Uh, you know, we were going real basic this week. We were just using three-and-a-half-inch biobait tubes and the slime collar and a piece of sucker meat on the end of it. And that's really all we needed. Yeah, you and I, you know, tubes have always been so productive up there. We've always had so much fun. And, of course, you use spoons and things, too, but that you really like that biobait tube, don't you? Uh, you know, it's been working so good for me. And as soon as them fish come shallow and we can cast to them, I know I'm going to be going to their grubs, their twisters. Uh, there, To me, there's nothing funner than casting the shallow fish with just a soft plastic and catching them that way. You'll catch a few less, but you'll be able to cast to them and catch them, which is what I absolutely love. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this bite. Now, normally the water temperature has to get down to about mid-50s for them to start moving into spawn because they don't do well in water above 55 degrees. But um, we're a little late this year. Uh, both, I would think the, wa- the, the reservoir's probably got more water in it than usual, and we had some warm water get- weather going into September. Is that the case up there? It is the case. The lake's about, I'm going to say, three, de- three degrees behind schedule. But, you know, one good snowstorm can fix that. And there's some stuff blowing in from the northwest that could happen. And we could get some cold. The nights are supposed to get colder. It'll cool off pretty quickly. So if people are planning on whether they're booking a guide trip with you, and we'll talk about that in a minute, or going up by themselves, right now it's a boat. it's a boat-type bite for the lake trout, right? Right. It's, it's, they're still deep. They'll be moving up shallower pretty quick. A um, lot of little fish, lots and lots of them. We had one big one this week. Uh, but, you know, and, it, and it's pretty simple in the boat, but you still have to use your electronics. You still have to find them. Uh, that, that's the absolute key right now because it seems like if you find one, you find 10 to 50. Yeah, and you're talking, um, when you say little fish, you're talking, what, 16 to 22-inch fish. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they're still good fish, and they're still fun. They still put, they still tug real well, but they're just not the the monsters that everybody dreams about. Right, and those fish are the really. If you want to take a few for the pan, this is the time. Oh, that's that's exactly right. I 
I, I I don't know how many fish I filleted this week, so people can go home and take them home to dinner. And you know, when they're under that, I I try to keep them under 19 inches. But when they're under that and you're filleting them, there's plenty of those in the lake. I mean, you pick on them a little bit, you give a little more food to the other fish. The other fish will grow a little better. So it just it just does a lot of good to the whole lake when you do that. Oh, it really does. Those are um those are and it's my favorite way to fish up there. Now, obviously, I've chased big lake trout up there, not to the extent you have. And you've done that quite a bit, and you you managed to catch a lot of a uh, big. When you say big, tell people what you're talking about—a big lake trout. Uh, I I consider big anything under over like 22, 23 inches. But we get a we get a lot of them over. Well, Colorado calls a master angler 32, and my goal is always everybody in the boat gets a master angler every day. Don't achieve that goal all the time, but I achieve it quite a bit. Um, so, and we, we usually get a couple of those a day. So, it's, you know, it's big still, uh, still a good 10, 12, 14-pound fishing up. up to, uh, our biggest this year was 44 inches. Now, this bite that's just starting, this October bite, is probably going to continue probably throughout the entire month with water temperature. Is that what you're thinking? Oh, it'll go all the way the entire month into November this year. It'll, 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 be, it'll be good, and it'll be good way until late. Um, the really late stuff that'll probably happen on time. You know, it's all it's all going to make that magical switch and catch up here in the next month. And then, as far as fishing those lakers from shore, as soon as that water temperature gets down the mid fifties, that'll start taking off. Oh, that'll start taking off. Yeah, and I always say the best shore bite starts around October fifteenth, October this year. Try the weekend of the twelfth. Um, I'll bet you it'll be going good by then. Every like I said, everything's going to catch up. It always does. So what else is going well, on? Would, Go ahead, Bernie. No, I would just start doing that. What else is going on? Oh, geez, the rivers are fishing fantastic right now. The, the browns are spawning. The rainbows are in there eating the eggs. Uh, they're all getting big. Wolford, uh, Kokanee, I heard they moved into the shoreline. We've been going down there. We haven't got much of a spoon bite this year, which was weird. For I haven't got into them anyway. But using trolling, using downriggers, we've done pretty well down there, catching quite a few fish. Oh, let's see, the rainbows on the shoreline of Wolford are doing really well. Coming up into uh, Willow Creek, I forgot the name of that lake. The rainbows there are doing really well. And the kokanee will be moving over to the shoreline to spawn there really shortly here. And then coming up to Grand Lake and Shadow. Remember, Shadow Mountain Spillway down to Twin Creek closes October 1st, but if you're up coming up this weekend, that river's fishing really well in the spillway. It's fishing excellent. They're getting a few kokanee out of there. Grand Lake is fishing really well for rainbows and browns early and late, and the fish are starting to show up for their spawning mode there. That water's always a lot cooler, and so that bite should be going gangbusters right now. Oh, you're right. There's just so much. The fall fishing and, you know, the you're going to get some cool mornings, and you might even get a dusting of snow here soon, but you're going to get beautiful days. I know a lot of times when you and I have been out on Granby, you had to put on a lot of layers at the beginning of the day, but you have them off by about noon, and it's sunny and beautiful, and the, it's just, you know, the foliage is beautiful, and the fishing is just fantastic. The weather tends to so get some real stable days up there, too, and I just love it. Um, on the kokanee, I got a question for you. When I used to fish those kokanee in the different lakes, one of my favorite ways to fish them was just under a bobber with a little jig. Do you do that at all? Oh, that's how that's 
it's so tough to go snagging anywhere. Most of the places where there's good populations of kokanee, they don't allow snagging. So that's how we go with it. We go with a with a two, little pink and white or a white or a solid pink tube jig about six feet below a uh, stick bobber. And then we tip it with, I like to use white shoe peg corn. Other guys like shrimp. Other guys like wax worms. So tip it with it at whatever your favorite bait is and get out there. And that bite usually lasts until the sun hits the water. Once that sun hits the water, then it's done. And here's the key to doing that. You have to stand up on the bank. And if, you, if you're new to the lake, bring binoculars, stand up high, and look for them on the surface where you see them splashing, go there. And when you get into them, it can be so much fun and take a few home. Now, they, do they still gather any spawn up in that area, or don't they do that? Oh, yeah, they're doing that. They'll be doing that at Wolford here. Oh, I would imagine somewhere toward the middle of the late October, and then they'll move over to Granby. They're not doing it at um, Williams Fork this year, so it'll be Wolford and Granby. Now, do they still give away some of the fish if somebody comes up? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a... There's typically a long line at Wolford. you got to get your name on the list. And they'll give them away until they run out. And then on Granby, I'm pretty sure there's a long line there also, but they don't have as many fish there, so they do run out quite a bit. You mentioned Williams Fork. We didn't talk about that. What's the fishing like there? Uh, the, the lake trout fishing is very good right now, and they're getting ready to do, a, do their spawning thing there. The kokanee fishing is not that good. Gill lice took over that lake and has really whacked the, the salmon population down there. Matter of fact, they're not setting the buoys out. They're not trying to collect a single egg out of there this year. Um, the rainbow fishing, that's got to be heating up as this water cools down. And Randy was out chasing pike a little while ago, and they did get a few. It wasn't nothing fantastic, but it was, they did get a few, uh, I think, in two days. I think they got three or four. All right, my friend, if people want to book a trip with you, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, look us up on fishingwithbernie.com, Facebook, Fishing with Bernie, Instagram, Fishing with Bernie. Uh, those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. All right, my friend, we need to get on the water again soon, and thank you for that update. Hey, thank you, Terry. You guys have a good weekend. Bernie Keith from Fishing with Bernie. If you want to have a great time, book a trip. This time of the year especially, you will just have so much fun, and you'll catch so many fish. We'll take a quick time out. And we'll have more outdoors on Terry Wisham Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Sound of the river, you're stopping, you hold everything. A band is blowing Dixie. You know, we don't have anybody waiting. I can listen a little bit. You feel all right when you hear the music ring. The Sultans of Swing from Dire Straits. All right, you're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Uh, we did touch base with Ed Gorman. He was pre- he had some things come up, but he's going to join us at 1030. Thanks to Bernie for switching around because I wanted to get both those guys on. Great information. Boy, we have had some tremendous fishing information on already today. We'll have some more coming, too. You know, Nate's going to join us. He'll talk hunting and fishing. We're going to have um, Randy Ford from... Uh, Dylan Reservoir join us next hour, and of course Ed will join us now. And Ronnie Castiglione wants to talk about fall fishing, and I I want to touch on it a little bit right now myself. Fall fishing, and you know where the seasons have been behind this year. If you're fishing memories, you're having a tough time. Water levels are so different, the seasons are different. You know we were very cold till the end of June, then we got very hot, 
and now we're warm going into the fall. It's just almost like summer shift at a month. We will catch up, as Bernie said, and things will get more normalized as the weather, the nights, the night temperatures start to drop. But we still have what is one of the best times for not only numbers but big fish to fish in Colorado, and that's the fall. Uh, normally, it's in full swing by now, and it's just really taken off. So we got a good month, maybe more of that, of being out on the water and both rivers and lakes experiencing some incredible, incredible fishing. We're going to keep you up to date, so you want to listen to the show. Also, follow us on Facebook when we have a great interview that we think really, really is information that we want to make sure you listen to. We'll post the podcast on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, we post all of our podcasts on 1043thefan.com. You go to the, my page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and there's everything is podcast, both by interview and by hour. So if you miss one or you heard something and want to go through it again, real easy to do. But we take key ones, put them on the Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. The other thing we do, like we put on the Facebook page, that Ed Gorman would be joining us. So you know if something real key is coming up. You, yes, you should follow us on Facebook so you know that information. The other reason you should follow us on Facebook is we really are going to start our trivia. Started to line up some gifts. We're not going to give away uh, a trivia next week because I'll be out of town. By the way, Austin Parr will be doing the show next week. But the week after that, we're going to have a trivia question, and we're going to give away uh, a trivia, start giving away trivia prizes. Now, we won't do a trivia every week, but maybe, you know, once or twice a month we'll come up. We'll get some nice prizes. The prizes are going to be very, very nice. You're going to like what you can win in our trivia contest. Now, how it's going to work is Karen will go onto the Facebook page, the uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and she'll post what we call 20-plus years of trivia on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And she'll post a little story or a factoid about the radio show or the people on it and the past, and then that will end up being our trivia question when we give something away on Saturday. So more than likely, you're going to have a tough time with the answer unless you follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So not only will you keep track of the show, I post articles from the Denver Post up there. Karen posts uh, television shows from our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom there. We do reports when I'm out in the field. But now we're going to have the answers to our trivia questions up there too. So more reason than ever to uh, follow us and like us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, Nate Zielinski will join us on 104.3 The Fan.